All right, you kick us off. Onion. Beef. Yummy. Pork. Spatula. Chewing sounds. Let's just... Okay, we're recording, but we're not recording. <laughs> oh, we're just... recording, but we're not actually starting the episode. Yeah. I feel like it helps to sort of, like, get the cobwebs out, get the, like, jitters out, and then we'll, like, start. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> Drinking. Do you get nervous? All of a sudden, my, Oh, like... yeah, I do get nervous. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, it's ridiculous, because it's not just me and you talking anymore. It's, like, me and you and this this mythical, like, idea of an audience in my brain yeah, as well like potential listeners yeah which is so weird when you start recording a podcast and you don't have an audience and you're just talking to theoretical people yes and even those like theoretical non-existent ghost people are like making me nervous right now yeah yeah the thought of like talking in front of them <laughs> even though we have complete control over this enterprise when and how it releases yeah we could never release it except that no we are going to release this this yeah, is going to yeah, happen so why not all right um how are we gonna start this i don't know i was under the impression you made an outline <laughs> i mean kind of okay the first point of my outline says intros intros oh lordy intros. okay did we like write an intro last time when we first tried this we kind of like i feel like we did i don't recall but i mean mm. we could just start it by saying hey welcome to chewing sounds i'm karen green and i am karen's brother tony green that you sounds are okay, right? Brother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know that I want do that you, to be what everyone thinks of me immediately. Want, yeah. Do you always <laughs> want to be known in relation to me? That's a good point. Let's take that from the top. <laughs> we'll just like we'll just hodgepodge this episode together from like a thousand little clips <laughs> of successful yeah. moments. Yeah, that sounds good. We have the editing skills to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, welcome to Chewing Sounds. I'm Karen Green. I'm Tony Green, and yes, we are siblings, but that's not the first thing you should think of when you think of us. <laughs> Wait, no, that, we are also my... separate individuals. <laughs> um, but better as a unit, I'd say. So Yeah, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. Okay. <clears throat> Who cares? Like, literally the only person that's going to listen to this is our mother, that's probably Nita true. Green. Shout out to Nita. <laughs> Shout out to Nita. No A, just N-I-T-A. Yeah, most people think it's Anita. It's not. She's always getting that. Are yeah. we going to stick with that intro we just did? With the sure. names? That's fine. Tony, good is better. Nope. Done is better than perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this is going to be is, done as hell. It's going to be so done. This episode is going to be, yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10 this. It's literally my only goal because we have tried this like two or three times before and it doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. This is going to get done. Yes. Yes. Okay. We should, I think, segue into a, just a more normal, natural conversation about what this episode's about, perhaps, so as to not completely alienate viewers in the first five minutes. Viewers, okay. listeners. You mean mom. We'll try you not to moms. alienate. Singular mom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. So this is a cooking podcast. Mm -hmm. And we're going to cook a meal separately, different recipes, and then we're just going to talk about it. Yeah. And um, what are our qualifications for having a podcast about cooking, Karen? 
Oh, gosh, no qualifications, I would yes, say. Yes, almost non-existent. We're extremely casual, amateur oh, chefs. I don't even want to use that word, honestly. Just uh, I mean, I, yeah, I would say extremely amateur home cooks. Home cooker people. Home cooker people. Not even cooks, really. That sounds too... I, cooks and players, you know, Cook Illustrated Magazine. I don't even want to use a term that strong. We're not in that category. I mean, look, I do, I have cooked a fair amount. Like, I do feel like I, when compared to the general population, I have some cooking skills, you know, some cooking knowledge. Yeah. But not in any sort of professional capacity, for sure. And no training whatsoever. No. Um, And I think maybe the biggest reason to try out this podcast is that you and I used to live together, not just as children, but then as adults and uh, we cooked together a fair amount. Yeah, and that was and really, really fun. Way back and when, I... we used to meet up in Los Angeles and cook and, and write a little food blog about it. And so we've, we've sort of intermittently throughout our lives had something like this. And it's just something we like to bond over and discuss, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like the purpose of this podcast is to just sort of continue that cooking together but separate because you live in L.A. and I still live in Portland. Uh, yeah, it's just a way to come together and talk about what we learned in cooking and have fun, goofy times. Yep. And we are going to, I guess, rate these recipes that we attempt. Yeah. Oh, we're going to rate them. We oh, got yeah. two two very special ratings at the end of this. So stay tuned, Mom, for the special ratings. <laughs> yeah, stick around, Mom. <laughs> Not going to want to miss out. Well, okay, I don't know. This is a long-ass intro. Should we just yep. jump into it? <laughs> okay. um, yeah, sure. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Actually, before we jump into it, I do just want to get this out of the way. We settled on the name Cooking Sounds, but I did pitch Ch- to Karen. Chewing sounds. Chewing sounds. Tony. <laughs> wow, okay, never mind. Sorry. I got a little ahead of myself there. I was so excited to to share what was an alternate title that Karen ultimately nixed and that I, I guess maybe I essentially agree with her on, but that name was Ham Bandwidth. Oh, jeez, I forgot. Yeah. You forgot about ham bandwidth. bandwidth. I forgot about ham bandwidth. And I I... just want to mount a small defense of ham bandwidth. First of all, it's weird to say. It's not good to say, but it's weird. Ham bandwidth. It's not bad to say, and it's not good to say. It's like Mm -hmm. some weird gray area in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, and I I find that satisfying for some reason. Um, Obviously, it sounds like ham sandwich. And I think or ham bandit. I I almost Ooh, ham think of bandit. bandit. Yeah. yeah, not as accepted a phrase I would say as ham sandwich, but it does. Yeah, it does make you yeah, think of right. ham bandit possibly. <laughs> uh, and, and I think part of the idea of this podcast is that we both work, you know, full time jobs and try to just cram in cooking whenever we have the energy, which is not frequent. Thus, we have a certain amount of ham bandwidth. Now, <laughs> I agree that that shouldn't <laughs> a limited be limited amount of, of ham bandwidth. We have a limited amount of ham bandwidth. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just liked it, and I thought I would share it before we moved on. I sent you a, another option that I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I believe when we started, we had like a million different options uh, for oh, yeah. the name of this podcast, one of which, oh, no, I'm going to forget all of them now. We definitely had like microwave scallops was a possibility. That was a possibility, yeah. I'm sure we had some other options that included the word ham because that's just like one of the greatest words in the English language. Like language. Language. <laughs> language. Yeah. 
It is great. Oh, gosh. Okay, what if the, I'm going to pitch this. The official mm-hmm. name of our podcast is Chewing Sounds. Mm-hmm. But what if unofficially it's like ham bandwidth as well? Like when we're talking on the podcast, they can be interchangeable to us. Is okay. that super dumb and confusing? It might be. Just, <laughs> I think all I really needed out of it was just immortalizing ham bandwidth up top here, you know? Just that it, that it okay. got a little nod is all that I really require. I think I'm satisfied we can move on now. I think it deserved that nod, and I'm glad that that we nodded to it. Yeah. Yeah. Good nod. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So the idea here is that we have chosen uh, not a recipe. I mean, we've chosen recipes, but we've chosen a dish. Today our dish is, you say it because I don't know if I know how to say it correctly. <laughs> okay. You know what? This is actually a great segue into a sort of a little mini um thing Mini what's quiz. it called tony's no, quiz. quiz no i will have a quiz at the end of the episode what's it oh. called when you do a thing on a show or podcast it's like a built-in recurring segment? holy shit karen segment oh my god are we really gonna use this Tony? Episode? we all have quarantine brain i think that oh listeners slash our mom will understand that like i forget words all the time now and i don't think it used to be that way i really don't either i used to be sharp as attack um okay I have a True. mini okay. segment. It's not really a segment because it's not recurring. We're going to have to cut all of this. I'm rambling like an insane person. <laughs> no, you're fine. Anyway. You're fine. Let's go. Okay. Power uh, through. Is, okay, Good so, is better um, than perfect. Done. Done is better than perfect. <laughs> done is better than perfect. Uh, <laughs> in order to just sort of transition us into discussing this classic Italian dish, I've prepared a little Italian lesson for us. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and unplug my headphones. Don't be alarmed, Karen. This is all okay. fine. Yeah, I'm realizing nobody could see my reaction just now, but yeah, jaw dropped so excited for this little Italian Yeah, lesson. she looked like she was going to freaking lose it, so I had to yeah. reel her in for a second. Okay. Okay, silence. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Bolognese. Can you hear okay, me? did that come through nicely on your end? I could hear it, yeah. I okay, heard good. I heard Bolognese meat sauce. Right? Yep. I was I discovered on Google Translate a really amazing feature, which is that when you press the audio button to, to say something out loud for the second time, it slows it down slightly which is why you got a slightly slower version the second time, which is why it's hilarious. <laughs> because it goes, bolognese, meat sauce. Yeah. Bolognese, meat sauce. <laughs> and that had me laughing for so long the other day. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't even catch yeah. that the first time. Well, so. I think you did on some Whew. level. On some All right. Level. I'm so glad for that little lesson because I literally, my entire life, for as long as I've known the word i just thought it was bolognese bolognese yeah and that's, close um, enough. that's not bad for an american yeah we we pretty much just have we just can pr- mispronounce anything and everything and like people are like uh, they're american so yeah they don't bother even correcting us no but, it's but i a do wonderful word to say it is so fun Correct. bolognese okay bolognese. well there's gonna be a lot of that in this episode <laughs> yeah with the Italian hand gesture, which oh, you yeah. have to add. 
so much of that going on. Well, yeah, we chose to make bolognese, eh? Uh, but chose our recipes separately from each other. Although I feel like I should probably like describe mine first because we almost made the same recipe, which would have been a catastrophe, Mm. basically because apparently there is like one recipe for bolognese that is just like internet famous because (laughs) here's the other thing. I told some friends of ours, Nick and TJ, about this podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, we chose to make bolognese. I said bolognese because I was an idiot back then. Mm-hmm. And immediately they were like, oh, the six-hour bolognese from uh, New York Times, Marcella Hazan. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like a thing. And then soon after that, you texted me and you were like, which bolognese recipe are you using? And I told you, and we were like, dang it, because you had chosen that as well. So this is like the Bolognese recipe, apparently. It seems like it, yeah. Marcel Hazan, if you don't know that name, she also has just like a basic marinara recipe that's printed at least on the New York Times um, that is also like famous. She's like a, just a, a huge uh, name in like Italian cookbooks, basically. Yeah. Italian and I don't know when this was. This was like, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. This is like... And I might be wrong. Oh, also, we should just put a disclaimer that you shouldn't take any information from this podcast as being real or true or accurate. Oh, yeah. You should fact check yeah, everything. Fact check everything. Take everything with a grain of salt that we ever say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess all that to say, I chose this recipe because I love New York Times cooking app. This podcast might just end up being... Me doing New York Times recipes. You getting all the good New York Times recipes, me having to fucking scrounge on allrecipes.com for some garbage. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'll just steal all the good recipes right off the bat, and then I'll be like, I'm sorry, I already bought all the ingredients. I can't have it. (laughs) But in my defense, I really didn't think, when I looked at the the ingredients for this recipe, I did not think you would choose it because, do you know what I'm going to say? Actually, I don't. I didn't think you would choose it because this recipe features celery which <laughs> is is that just normal in all bolognese recipes i don't know because yeah. tony loathes celery you really are not a I, fan <laughs> yeah i have well okay i loathe it in in certain instances in certain circumstances where i, where I just don't think it belongs at all okay. i don't mind it when it's like sublimated when it's like buried deep into like the flavored dna of a dish you know you don't really okay. taste it anymore, but if it's like raw on a salad, cooked <laughs> yeah. in a stir fry, oh god! When you're just getting that weird like herbal celery taste for no reason, like then I hate it. Absolutely, hate yeah. It. When it's just like distinct and separate from everything else. So I suppose yeah, weird. in this recipe where you cook it down for like six hours or whatever, you were like, okay, that's fine. I can handle it. Yeah, it's in there, but it's no longer really celery. It's doing its job, and I can respect it in that way. But yeah, I don't think you can make bolognese. It does feel weird to say it. <laughs> yeah, Actively it feels kind like of pretentious. It does. Like I'm gonna keep doing it though because I don't care. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and I'm gonna correct yeah. people now if I hear them say <laughs> bolognese. I'm gonna be like, listen, bolognese. Um, so, I this podcast. I know this is technically our first episode, but we've done this a few times, and each time we do a recipe, I'm just like, wow, I feel like a dumbass because I realize I didn't even know what bolognese was I was I was imagining just like a marinara sauce with like beef in it I guess so 
that's not what bolognese is. I mean, if you're going off this recipe, I'll just list the ingredients real quickly. You got vegetable oil, you got butter, onion, celery, carrot, some ground beef chuck, which I learned is 80% meat, 20% fat, (laughs) whatever, 80% beef. (laughs) All right, there you go. Uh, Salt, pepper, whole milk, nutmeg, dry white wine, white wine. Uh, Right, right, right. Right, right. So some cups of canned. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, right, right. Like a record, baby. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Speaking of wine, I am drinking wine right now. So this is that's probably why I can't pronounce anything. That's what your Yeti cup is full of. <laughs> that's what no, you this is Yeti water. Cup. Oh, no. okay. I have a Yeti mug full of water, and then I have this glass full. Oh, okay. Like, Not much smaller, bubbly. by the way. No, <laughs> it's yeah, glass true. half full of that's wine. That's true. Okay, go ahead. I had a beer at lunch, and I just thought I'd keep this little solo party going. <laughs> wow, I don't know that we should have let people know this is our third attempt. It doesn't read like it. <laughs> This is the worst of the three for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then you got your canned imported Italian plum tomatoes, which by that she just means the San Marzano or whatever, right? That is yeah. really the only canned tomato to use. I think. Actually, I don't know. But that's what I know it as. Like That's like my shorthand for that Like really good Italian tomato. Yeah. That's what I had in my head when find, I, I feel like. read these. Yeah. Yeah. And then your pasta. And then you got your freshly grated... Parmigiano Reggiano. Yeah, there Jeez. we go. <laughs> For your bolognese. Um, which, yeah, I just, like, again, feel like such a dummy because when I read this ingredient list, I was like, this is what bolognese is? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, it is. So, okay, like I said, this recipe is, like, internet famous. It has, let me see, it has something like 15,000 reviews on Whoa. the cooking app five stars everyone just like loses their shit over this recipe um i was going into it very blind obviously hadn't really heard of it i was just like everyone seems to love it um i will say before we even get to the end i i left the cooking experience thinking meh i don't really I don't yeah. really get the hype, but I will say that I I very much enjoy like not getting the hype of something that's been like super hyped up. That's like one of my joys in life where I'm just like, oh, everyone loves this so much. Wow. I'm going to try it. Even and for I'm... a recipe for a pasta sauce. <laughs> I know. It delights me to be a maverick in that regard. It's just fun to be a contrarian, you know, and I will say I've gotten better about it as I've gotten older. Like I, I didn't go into this being like, I'm going to prove 15,000 people wrong. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was just like, okay, this is like super hyped up. We'll see how it goes. And I just was like, eh, I don't know, but I will say that's probably just user error. Um, well, it might be worth noting too, that you probably don't, from what you said, it doesn't sound like you have a ton of like reference point for bolognese, right? Like, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily have tried this and been like, "Oh, this is a bad bolognese." You were just like, "Ah, eh, this doesn't really do it for me for what it is." Yes, and I guess I also didn't. I didn't really have a clear picture of like what a bolognese should taste like or how it's done. I don't. I think maybe I've made marinara sauce on my own like once, which I know is different. But the this is the kind of thing where I would just buy a jar of 
pasta sauce. I can't remember the last time I like made a sauce like this. So yeah. yeah. It's not really in my wheelhouse, but it was fun. Um, okay, so I will say this is like a pretty simple and short recipe, but it is, you know, it says up front like this is going to take a very long time. Like it, like I said, when I mentioned to my friends, they were like, oh, the six-hour, you know, bolognese. Um, so I knew it was going to take a while to cook, but I think where I went wrong is that it tells you at, at most of the steps to sort of, once you, when you add a liquid, so for instance, uh, you know, you put in the oil, butter, chopped onion, saute them until translucent, um, you add the beef, some, some other stuff, and then I think here's where, like, my first step that went a little bit wrong, you add milk and says let it simmer gently, stirring frequently until it has bubbled away completely. I didn't really read that as like, oh yeah, you're supposed to like let it simmer for a really long time until the liquid is evaporated. I don't know why I didn't think of it that way in my head. <laughs> also, I will say that I probably boiled the milk at a little too high a temperature and it's just sort of like, not curdled, but it like separated and got kind of weird and chunky. Okay. <laughs> so Could have been user error, sure. Yeah, definitely user error. So don't do that. I think part of the trick to this recipe is to really simmer on low until the liquid evaporates and then you move on to the next step because i did the same thing with there's the adding the milk that you let bubble away completely and then you add a cup of wine and again it says let simmer until it has evaporated and i think i just didn't have the patience or like idea of like oh i'm really supposed to let this simmer until it evaporated so anyway i didn't do those things um, and then, yeah, you kind of just like do all that stuff and then throw everything in the pot and let it all simmer. It said, I think it says something like, let it the laziest of simmers for like <laughs> at least three hours <laughs> mm -hmm. until all of the liquid has evaporated and the fat has been separated from the sauce, which also seemed counterintuitive to me because that like sounds gross in my brain when like all the oil is separated, but I guess that's the, that's the thing to do. Yeah. But you weren't supposed to skim the oil or anything. You just cook it until it's separated. No, it just says, yeah, like you simmer it. If it gets too dry, you can add some liquid, you know, partway through the simmering, which I never had to do, which was another clue. Like, Oh, whoops. I think I didn't quite like simmer out all the liquid when I should have. And then it says at the end, uh, no water at all must be left and the fat must separate from the sauce. The end. The end. So fin. <laughs> fin. What? Do you, how is that in Italian? Fina. Fina. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't guess. Let me Google Translate real quick. <laughs> yeah. Again, no. Everyone should fact check this. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, should I so go I, over mine real quick? Oh no. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. Okay. I guess all that to say is like, I followed the steps as best I could. I was a little bit ignorant about all of this, and in the end, I got a result that I just I felt like. Maybe all of the flavors weren't super cohesive altogether. It was one of those sauces where I felt like I, the meat hadn't really absorbed all the flavors. It was kind of like, oh, there's some good flavors in this, but then I'm just getting a bite of meat that just tastes like meat. Like, it just tastes like meat. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of like separate I know exactly from each other. Yeah, I know exactly. Actually, <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> so I was not blown away, but it just could be my own user error. So. So do you? So I. I the reason I have any kind of fascination with Bolognese at all is that when I was in college, just emerging from like my teenhood and childhood of being a very picky eater, which granted would not have extended to a meat sauce, but it probably would have kept me from going to a nice Italian place, which is where I had my first like actual Bolognese with a girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time. This was like, you know, you and I ate at Olive Garden our entire youth, basically. You know, there was never a reason to go to any nicer place than that. So I genuinely yeah. feel like this might have been the first nice Italian place I'd been in. Um, and I had like a real bolognese with like tagliatelle and I was blown away. It was so good. I was like, I had never had a pasta sauce like that. That was so like rich and deep with flavor. And it wasn't, it's not like really tomatoey, you know, it's like a totally different flavor profile. And that's what I was hoping this one would turn out like, but I think mine was maybe a little more like yours where it kind of tasted a little bit stew like. You know, like there's a really basic yeah. flavor of like onion, carrot, celery, beef that you get across other dishes as well that I kind of mm-hmm. recognized in this when I finally tasted it. And it was still good, but it wasn't that like transformative flavor that I wanted, you know? Yeah, like all the f- flavors weren't quite like cohesive and all that. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So I definitely had never had that Bolognese experience, which is why I didn't even know it wasn't, it was not marinara with beef in it. (laughs) (laughs) That is, after reading about Bolognese, that is like the kind of, you know, the much more popular version outside of Italy, basically, which is just like, they would just call it like ragu with meat, basically, you know, like Mm. it's a different thing to them, this idea of like marinara with meat sauce, even though that's like more popular elsewhere outside of Italy. Yeah. All right. So what was your recipe like? Okay, mine was um, Bon Appetit's best Bolognese. End of sentence. <laughs> um, I can't thank no you enough for steering me. Of this. No, <laughs> just <laughs> not no, by Marcella Andy. Oh, okay, Andy, Andy. Bagnani. I don't know if that means anything to you if you're a Bon Appetit reader. Sounds Italian. Uh, oh yeah, it might be actually. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for steering me away from the six hour version. That would have destroyed me. You know how long it takes me to cook a one hour version of something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I will say that this, this took like three nights for me because I bought ingredients on day one. I cooked it on day two. It wasn't done until like nine thirty at night. So I had already eaten dinner and then I got to eat it on the third day. So anyway, well, it was a process. Despite mine seeming to take half the amount of time, I had almost the exact same journey where I bought the ingredients, didn't cook it, started it like one or two days later, got to the point where I had to open a can and realized that I don't own a can opener, had to completely You did just move into cooking. a new apartment. That's yeah. true. I did just move into an apartment on my own for the first time. I'm realizing there's so much, so much kitchen stuff especially that I don't own. But yeah, I wanted to know that even... beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Good good learning curve, I guess. You didn't even own a pot when we started talking about these recipes. You were nope. like, Do I have to buy a pot? And I was like, Which makes me pretty sound like sure I've never you do. In my life. Which is not true. You are definitely you're a more experienced cook than I am, so And I I like all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I want a nice Dutch oven and then I got way overwhelmed by buying, you know, what can apparently be like a four hundred dollar piece of cookware. Like Dutch oh. ovens are crazy. Yeah. They're heavy yeah, duty, they last expensive. like your whole life. And so I got freaked out and I decided I'm just going to use my little, whatever, nonstick pan, which is 
definitely not the way to do it. There's almost no meat you would ever really want to cook in a nonstick skillet, probably, which I learned by reading <laughs> some stuff about Dutch ovens <laughs> and why they're so really? great. Really? Is that because you can't really get it like hot enough? Um, it's, it has to do with like the surface, um, surface to meat reaction where like, um, you want meat, most meats to like stick to the pan a little bit. Like you want Mm -hmm. really intense meat to pan surface contact to create like that browning, like Maillard reaction thing or whatever. And you don't really Mm -hmm. get that with nonstick. So you don't get like the good brown stuff left over that you can make into sauce or that you can, in this case, like scrape up into the sauce you know, by deglazing yeah. and stuff. So anyway, whatever. I worked with what I had, which it was not even a can opener at first. So I think I did okay considering. So you bashed the cans against the wall. <laughs> I told you for a second I thought about it. A younger me would have tried to open it with a knife. And <laughs> thank God I've grown. You would have gotten stitches for the sixth time? <laughs> um, for a fifth time? Fifth time. Fourth or fifth time, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Glad you did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My recipe is, is really very similar to yours. I think the only thing that really differs are like just a few small details. There was no pork in yours at all? Uh, it did say that you could do a three-quarter pound beef chuck or one part pork to two parts beef. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, mine... I think once I once I noticed that some of these include um, that they start with like rendering pancetta, I think that I would have not opted for one that didn't include that because that always excites me. I love starting something off with like bacon fat, basically. Yeah. That's always a good sign for me. So my ingredients are almost identical to yours with the exception of there being no butter in this. Um, mm. There is pancetta in addition to the ground beef chuck, 20% fat, 80% meat. <laughs> It's not really what you would say. Animal. Ground up animal. Whatever. Non fat. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a cup of dry white wine. And then instead of doing like actual tomatoes, like how much much tomato was in yours? Uh, Mine was a cup and a half of like chopped tomatoes plus juice. So. Wow. And how much meat? A three quarter pound. Wow. Okay. So this is one pound beef chuck. Um, three ounces thinly sliced pancetta, and then the only tomato in it is one third cup of tomato paste. Hmm. Okay. So we're dealing with a much less tomatoey and and a lot less liquid uh, from the tomatoes, which is just yeah. like What's this is just liquid? a variation across bolognese. It's a uh, milk okay. and wine and chicken stock. Okay. Yeah. So mine was minus chicken stock. Yeah, minus chicken stock. So it's basically the same thing. Like you start by browning the beef and then you do uh, wipe out the pan and start over with pancetta. You render that a little bit, toss in the sofrito of the onion and celery and carrot, cook that. And then, yeah, it's just wine and beef and stock and milk and nutmeg. Was there nutmeg in yours? Yeah, there was the slightest grating of nutmeg in mine. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe we'll get to comments later. But definitely people commented on this recipe. Like anyone who said that it wasn't that great, the response was always like, did you fucking forget the nutmeg, you idiot? Oh, <laughs> like, like sincerely saying that, not as a joke? Because that's a funny oh, joke. Oh, yeah. It, it seemed like a funny joke to me, but people were like intense about the nutmeg. So wow, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I saw yeah. some recipes without nutmeg and I was like, man, there's no freaking rules here. Yeah, I guess it's not. nuts. It's all over the map. Um, anyway, mine has a paltry 4.7 stars out of five. 
and <laughs> a laughable 461 reviews compared to the Marcella Hazan recipe. Amateurs. Wait, we have decided, though, that like pretty much every single thing online has 4.5 star rating or above. Like There are, there are yeah. no bad ratings online anymore. No, I don't. Yeah, there aren't. Because like every company knows what it means to have something that's less than like 4.7 or 4.6 stars, you know? And there are so many yeah. workarounds, I think. I just, I don't know this for a fact, but you just start over or you do a bunch of bots, yeah. you know? Like yeah, to like to give it five star everything. ratings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it renders the whole thing useless. Yeah, true. Although I do trust food ratings a little more because they're not selling you anything, you know? It's, this is just a recipe. Everything online I don't know is that they're selling you something. Their numbers so much. Ooh, wow. Okay, love that cynicism. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty cynicism today. She's <laughs> <laughs> feeling cynicism. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's not much more to say. I had sort of a similar response to yours, where like once I got it all mixed up and I and I threw that Parmigiano Reggiano on top, I was like, this is good, <laughs> but it's not. I really want to go have a really good bolognese at an Italian restaurant and try to remember like what that flavor was. I want to have that experience for the first time. I need to order yeah. bolognese next time. Definitely. So what was the, did you have to do all this where you kind of like simmer out all the liquid, like different steps or was it more of just you throw everything it in It was there? really just two liquid steps. It was when it was just the sofrito and the beef, you add in the wine and you let that cook out pretty much completely. But then you just throw in all the rest of the liquid, um, the um, chicken stock and the milk. And then from there is your like main portion of the recipe where you're simmering for like, it says two hours to two hours and 15 minutes, I believe. Um, and they ask you to do that awful thing that some recipes do, which is they want you to get your stove to this like chimerical setting where it bubbles every couple of minutes but doesn't simmer. And I hate trying oh. to find that on a stove because I go back yeah. and forth between full simmer and nothing happening. And I'm just staring at it. And I'm like, I don't even know if you're hot enough to be doing anything. I hate when recipes tell you to do that. I know maybe it's necessary. Yeah. I don't know. That's exactly what mine said too. It was, yeah, something where it was like one one scant bubble is bubbling up every 15 minutes or something yes. like that. And I was like, I have an electric oven from the seventies. Like I'm, you know, an electric stovetop. I don't think I'm going to find that sweet yeah. spot. So I know I exactly, I don't have a beautiful like restaurant quality flame where I can like calibrate to that exact moment. Yeah. Plus I was cooking it while I was technically working. So I was like running back Did and you? forth, answering emails, sort of cooking. Oh man, that was totally my plan. Like I was working because we both work from home and I, I had got all my ingredients or I thought I got all my ingredients the first day. And then my plan was like, oh, next day at lunch, I'm just going to start the recipe. But then I realized I had forgot, I didn't get the nutmeg. <laughs> and I was like, all of those reviewers said that I'm a freaking idiot if I don't use nutmeg. So I couldn't. Yeah. So yeah, I had to start it at like 5 p.m. I had the but. same plan. I still delayed mine just for lack of energy but i did start mine on my lunch break and i thought like oh i'll get everything prepped and going and then you just let it simmer you know like this should work out really well of course it did not work out like that at all and i wound up letting it simmer for like closer to three three and a half hours because it just wasn't okay. like changing at all i could not tell that it was you know losing liquid the volume was going down at all but then really? it did yes <laughs> i know that sounds ridiculous but i swear <laughs> it didn't look like it had reduced that much it was still huh. very liquidy, but then when I turned it off and let it sit, yeah, you know, it just congealed up into a big block of, you know, 
fat and sauce. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess, again, like I wasn't sure what the texture of this was supposed to be having not a lot of experience with bolognese. So when you had like that amazing experience at the restaurant, was it like the oil is separate from the fat? Like, no, I don't no. know. That seems, that sounds to me like it's just an indication that the recipe is working. Cause once you toss it with the pasta water and mix it all up, it should all just be like a creamy, silky sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's like really, okay. really finely ground beef and elements. Oh, maybe that's another thing I didn't do quite right is that like my, the beef in mine was still like a little chunkified. It says to like crumble it with a fork as you're cooking it, but I, I didn't know that you're supposed to like really, I think that's okay. If we want to just kind of like skip on down to ratings, basically oh, sure. why the not? way, <laughs> yeah, why not? The way that we're rating these is like, would you make it again? I would definitely, I would make this recipe again because I want to know what all of these 15,000 five-star reviewers are talking about. And I think definitely I would simmer at a lower heat, especially with let all of the milk and all of the wine evaporate before the next steps. Um, I did mince the vegetables pretty small because I didn't want like chunks of carrot and celery in them. But I think probably the finer the better. And then same with the meat, I guess. If I really wanted it to absorb all that flavor, probably crumble it as fine as possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as we're owning up to our sins. Um, yeah. I would, I think I would use bigger chunks of pancetta. It says to use thinly sliced and then diced pancetta, but like there just wasn't enough fat coming out of there. It didn't feel like when I was cooking it, I think I would use mm. cubes next time. I like to see those little cubes just like sizzling away, you know? Mm, sizzling. I think you mean pancetta. Oh yeah. A pancetta. Which a pancetta. Also, I had a hard time finding because I went to like a natural market, Sprouts uh, Market in Los Angeles, and oh, I couldn't find it for the life of me. Yeah, it's a great place. But I had to like, but like the person that I talked to at the meat counter also didn't know what pancetta was. He had to like ask his manager who was like, yeah, it's this thing right here. And then he was just kind of asking me about it. Like as he was slicing it up, he was like, oh yeah, what does it taste like? And I was like, I don't know, bacon, <laughs> but not smoked, you know, it just tastes yeah. like fat. And then when he was ringing me up, he asked me how to spell it. And I was like, wow, this is really, this is really a mystery That's to you. This is a fully new meat you'd never even imagined existed. It was fun. Sounds like me if I were working in a meat market. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, of, what is yeah. this thing? I was like, wow, I know more but, than you about your job that you do. <laughs> Did that feel all kind of warm and fuzzy inside or were you like? A little bit. I was trying to really downplay it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to sound at all like a jerk. So I was yeah, like, oh, you don't want to sound too yeah, how do you spell it? I think it's a P-A-N-C-E-D-D-A. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you knew. Oh, man. Okay, so would you make your recipe again? Um, I would, yeah, because I don't think there's that much. I haven't really encountered any, like, amendment to it that I feel like would do that much. It would make that much of a difference. Um, my recipe has you pulse that those sofrito ingredients in a food processor the onion and carrot and celery to get it really really small and then makes okay. a really really big deal about mm -hmm. mashing the meat up you know like the texture is like a big focus i feel like for this recipe mm, okay yeah i feel like my recipe could have used fat recipes guidance yeah stupid question mm -hmm. what is sofrito Wait. sofrito i've just been saying that huh You've just been saying it a lot, and I just was like, I'm going to get this through context clues, and I'm not going to have to ask him what this means. And so what I've gotten is that it's just chopped up 
vegetables all thrown together? Yeah, so it's like, okay, by the way, some stuff I know specifically for, because I, I, I was, um, God, the brain is just stops sometimes these days. <laughs> I, I was researching for the quiz that I will have oh. for you later in the episode. But sofrito is something I knew about before that. I don't know why I'm trying to disregard that. Um, anyway. Yeah, okay. I, I did think you were going to say you knew it from your days as a, a waiter or something at a fancy brunch. No, restaurant. I know it from my days of just like reading Serious Eats articles while okay. I was bored at work and had nothing else that I wanted to do. But sofrito is like a, it's just a base that you simmer in like um, Mediterranean and like Spanish cuisines and stuff. So like... Uh, like uh, Spanish or Cuban or like Puerto Rican even maybe sofrito would be like garlic, onion, and green bell pepper. And then in Italy, obviously, sometimes it's this one where it's like celery, onion, but whatever, you know, they, they differ all across like that region, like they're, they're little differences, but for the most part, they're like onion or garlic or carrot or like tomato even, and you just simmer in olive oil and that's like the base that you start with for a recipe. Cool glad i know that now <laughs> look at that we do have a piece of knowledge to impart onto the world perhaps yeah that maybe people didn't know dude we've already learned did so many things in this episode and i bet people audience slash mom maybe learned a few things as well i sure hope mom did <laughs> i'm sure she'll let us know later mm-hmm. <laughs> okay Ooh, here's our other rating for these recipes um this is a big concern of mine and so it is, we were going to say that this is like, how many dishes did you dirty with this recipe slash, we'll just say like, what's your cleanup rating? Um, I don't know. We don't really have like a number scale or letter rating for this. I will just say this, my recipe was pretty primo for cleanup because it's like a one pot recipe, which is great. I mean, then you have to like boil the pasta and everything, but pretty easy cleanup, which is good when you don't have a dishwasher um i did use my my dutch oven thing which is always kind of a pain in the arse to clean but because it weighs like 15 pounds yeah like i i cannot lift it with one arm so it's always kind of a (laughs) yeah it's kind of a hassle to just do anything with it but you know pretty easy cleanup i agree do we want to give it a numerical scale should we just go out of five sure okay so five we should have some consistency. We should yeah, be sure. somewhat professional in this. <laughs> Our first rating is, would you make it again? Yes, no. Easy. Mine's a yes. Uh, dish rating, yes. cleanup rating, I would give this a four. Four out of five? Four out of five. I would also give this a four, maybe even a 4.3, because I agree mm. that it is pretty easy. I mean, I had to use my food processor to mash up everything, but mm. also it was great to not have to actually finally mince all those, you know. Uh, ingredients and then yeah it's pretty much just one pot like you're just gradually adding stuff to one pot or pan and that's it and then yeah you cook the pasta and you're good to go yeah easy peasy i did have a fair amount of kind of like brown crust from when i was simmering and the liquid was evaporating and then it kind of just leaves a fine brown crust around the the pot but Mm. soak it overnight pretty easy no complaints also i had to use a peeler which I don't think you can avoid. Peelers just, I just don't like dirtying an extra. 
instrument in my kitchen. You just reminded me that I also did not have a vegetable peeler, so I had to oh. delicately slice the weird, dirty skin off of the carrot. And <laughs> but then you had to wash one less thing. That's true. I did not have to wash the peeler. I did have to go buy one along with a can opener when I just basically threw my arms up in the air in the middle of the recipe and was like, I can't go on. I need to quit. <laughs> yeah. You do need some kitchen tools. Yeah. So that was that was good. It was good I was forced to do that. Good job. I do like that, yeah, as we go on with this, you're going to slowly get all of the things you need for your kitchen, you know, recipe by recipe. Yeah, that's true. It'll help me identify all my weak spots in my kitchen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, anything else we need to do to rate these bad boys before we move on? Uh, I think they are thoroughly rated. Okay, so they both pass the would you make it again scale, and they rank mm -hmm. very highly on uh, cleanup. Very highly on cleanup, yeah. Cool, cool. Marcella Hazan. I should I should do a little more research on her. I should get a cookbook or something. I don't know. I'm Andy saying that like this is like a Pargani. <laughs> <laughs> that was my guy. I don't know. I don't Andy Pargani. Pargani. He definitely sounds like a New York Italian. I'm I don't know. I'm just making this up. I, I might be imposing that like pronunciation onto his last name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, bon Appetit's uh. usually a pretty <laughs> pretty good place to go for recipes. Yeah, I like Bon Appetit. I'd put it yeah. right up there. It's definitely, you know, I mean, there is, ooh, one day we should maybe, like, rank the recipe websites. It would definitely be, like, all recipes down at the very bottom, <laughs> and then just go yeah, up from there. I don't believe in crowdsourcing Got your Epicurious, recipes. you got your New York Times cooking. Anyway. Is it time for Tony's Quiz Corner? I think it's time for Tony's Quiz Corner. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. This is the only, perhaps the only really solid segment <laughs> that we've figured out so far for this podcast. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it'll be the last. We could have more segments. We'll yeah, think of we it. could decide things to do. Yeah. Okay. Do whatever we want. Welcome to my Quiz Corner. Or should I say, benvenuto del mio angolo de bolonquise. Welcome. Okay, no. Go ahead. <laughs> you want to guess? I was going to say you should just say it like a lot slower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> benvenuto del mio angolo de bolonquise. Welcome to my Bolognese corner. Oh, I like it. Bolognese. Yeah. Okay. Bolognese. That's I'm what ready. I settled on. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a six-question quiz related, at least tangentially, to Bolognese or the ingredients required therein. Excellent. So, let's do this thing. Number one. Which of the following ingredients is not required in the best slow-cooked bolognese recipe from the Serious Eats website? Oh, okay. Okay, so which not of the these... Not the recipe that you made. Which of, no, this is not. This is one that I discounted for certain reasons, but you are going to guess which of the following ingredients is not required in that recipe. A, mm -hmm. finely minced chicken livers. B, powdered gelatin. C, Thai or Vietnamese fish sauce. Or D, 
the still warm heart of a calf from the Emilia-Romagna region of Italy. <laughs> still warm heart. Mm-hmm. Of a calf. Oh my gosh. A baby calf. Ooh. <laughs> Which of these is too ridiculous to have been included in that recipe? Oh, right. Okay. I was literally Which about to choose a different one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. I need I need I'm to gonna... It's a weird wording. Wow, those are very weird. I was honestly about to say the gelatin before you reminded me of what we're doing here. And uh, yeah, the still warm heart of a calf. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I basically, a few of these are so (laughs) gag-based that they're not real questions. But I honestly couldn't come up with like a good enough answer that like could be in there but wasn't, you know? Because yeah, truly, those other ones are ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god, this recipe, Karen, is unbelievable. I mean, props to Serious Eats. They used to be like my gold standard, and I would go out of my way to make their insanely complicated recipes because they really do. They crank it up to eleven, man. Every time, they just they get all the freaking flavor into these recipes as they possibly can. But that means that you wind up with like three times as many freaking ingredients. This thing is. Oh, man, the okay. dish rating on that would be insane. Oh, it'd be awful. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken stock, powdered gelatin, canned tomatoes, chicken livers, olive oil, ground beef chuck, ground pork shoulder, ground lamb shoulder, salt, wow. butter, pancetta, onion, carrots, celery, garlic, sage, parsley, wine, milk, bay leaves, cream, Parmesan cheese, fish sauce. Oh, my gosh. That's too much. I mean, if you have everything there or whatever, you know, I guess it's not that big a deal. And I I bet it's freaking good. Yeah, I, I guess so. I was blown away by that, though. If somebody else made it for me, I'd be like, sure. I'll taste yeah. the heck out of that thing, but I don't want to make it. Chicken I know, I was complaining about there not being enough depth of flavor in mine, though, so maybe one day I will try this. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe at one of these episodes, we'll just be, we'll just choose the most ridiculous recipes we can Ooh, that'd be find. Fun. Or one yeah. of us, yeah, one of us could do the most complicated and the other could do like the stupidest and easiest. I call stupidest. Oh man, we'll have to switch off. You can't have that every time. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, you're one for one. Obviously that Ooh. one was a bit of a giveaway, but number two might not be as clear. Mm-hmm. In Bologna, ragu alla bolognese is traditionally served with fresh tagliatelle. However, which of the following pastas would be an acceptable substitution? A. Pipette rigate. B. Fisarmonice. Oh, no. C. Rigatoni. D. Baccalieri. Or E. Maltagliati. Oh, no. I definitely need, like, yeah, a diagram because I, I don't know what any of these look like. <laughs> spiral one okay no no no. i'm happy to repeat those if you'd like yes please repeat okay because i'm thinking don't tell mm-hmm. me obviously if i'm right or wrong but tagliatelle is a little bit of a spiral no or is it flat and wide oh you i can tell you that okay i don't think me. it gives that much away at all tagliatelle okay. is very flat very wide ribbon pasta yeah okay gotcha yeah that doesn't really help me at all but i'm glad no that I kind of knew what Tagliatelle was. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Okay. All right. Do you want to hear those again? Yes. All right. Which of these could be substituted for the traditional Tagliatelle? A, pipette rigate. B, fisarmonice. C, rigatoni. D, baccalieri. E, maltagliati. 
these all I'll repeat sound... these as many times as you want. It's so fun. <laughs> they just all sound like Italian villains, like Machiavelli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rigatoni, please. <laughs> the baby. <laughs> I'm just going to say Rigatoni because it's the only one I'm pretty sure is a pasta. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. You got it. You're two for two. I, oh my God, I got it. Yeah. What are the other ones? Did you do some ridiculous Italian translations or something? Um, okay. Bonus question. Which of the preceding answers is actually the last name of a Sopranos character? <laughs> One of the preceding answers is the last name of a Sopranos character. The rest of them are all actual pastas, which by the way, if you've never seen just like a visual layout of all the pastas there are, you must do it because it is mind-boggling. There are so, cool. so, so many pastas and variations oh, okay. of each pasta. It's crazy. So, oh right, okay. So Sopranos name. I will name. leave out rigatoni, and I will repeat them. Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Pipette rigate, fisarmonice, baccalieri, mattagliati. Mattagliati is the Sopranos name. I knew oh, I might no. get you with that one. I chose it specifically because it does sound like the last name of a Sopranos character. The actual answer is D. Bobby Bacala Bacalieri. You might remember oh. him as the sort of large, guileless, kind of like, uh, just like Aaron Boy, sort of, in, in uh, Tony Soprano's gang. Do you kind of remember him? No. I mean, it's been like a decade since I've seen The Sopranos, so I definitely want to look it up. What was his yeah, name? Bobby. You'll definitely recognize him. Bobby Bacalieri. Baca... As soon as you see him, you'll know him. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yep. He seemed like a good-natured killer yeah. guy. <laughs> I think he threatened to kill people once in a while, but he was also <laughs> sort of a good guy. Bobby Bacalieri, yeah. Junior. Robert oh. Bobby Bacalieri. Oh, sorry. Robert Bobby Bacalieri. Bacalieri <laughs> Jr. <laughs> it's kind of your own twist on the Italian. <laughs> Going full New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, New Jersey Italian. Okay, yeah. not bad. Okay. You're two for two. You missed the bonus, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. Now we're going into a little uh, information about Bologna, Italy. Which two of the following are not among Bologna's nicknames? So again, you are choosing the ones that are not among Bologna's nicknames. A, okay. the Red City. B, the Learned City. C, the Dumb City. <laughs> D, the fat city e <laughs> the musical city this is a lot these are a lot of answers by the way or f the basket city wow so either way it's got a lot of nip- nicknames this place it does turns out um this one's hard of course but i mean yeah i mean the only one that sticks out obviously is the dumb city and this but they could have a like a arch nemesis city that has named it Given it that nickname. <laughs> and it's just stuck. The Red City sounds like something from Game of Thrones. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Dumb City. I'm thinking that's That is real? one of the two that are not real. <gasps> rude. Italy. The Dumb Stop City. being rude to each other. Who gave it that name? The Dumb name? City is not real. Was Sorry. Sicily? No, no, no. Once oh. again, you are choosing the ones that are not real. Right, right, right. So the Dumb City yeah. is not real. The Dumb City is not real. You got that correct. Oh, I got no it. No one calls okay. it the Dumb City. <laughs> So among the ones that I are I feel kind of dumb city right now for no, it's okay. <laughs> not understand what's going on. 
I, a lot of these functioned as being mostly real facts with ones that I made up as the answers thrown in. Yeah, I like that. So it is called the Red City, the Fat City, the Learned City. Well, you have to choose two of them that they are not called, remember? Oh, my gosh. So there are six options. So the ones that are left, the Red City, the Learned City, the Fat City, the Musical City, the Basket City. The the Learned City. (laughs) You are so close to saying the Musical City, which is the other made-up one. Dang it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All right. Going to immerse so, you in a little bit of Bologna info here. Yeah, tell me. Okay. The Red City, uh, as it is called due to the terracotta and red Spanish tiled buildings and its history of um, leftist politics and uh, communism. Oh, okay. So it's not that they murdered their enemies and the blood flowed through the streets or anything like no, that. No, apparently it's always been cool. a very liberal city. It was like a bastion of um fascist resistance during World War II. Cool. Yeah, it's always kind of in its steez. Um yeah. it is known as the Learned City because it boasts the oldest continuously operating university in the Western world, established 1088 AD, the University of Bologna. Wow. Crazy. Very cool. As mentioned, it is not called the dumb city. It is called the fat city due to its rich cuisine. Plain and <laughs> simple. That's great. I go yeah. to the fat city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally, it has, uh, I guess, probably the least known nickname, but still one that exists, is the basket city, a sporting nickname due to its venerated rival basketball clubs, Virtus and Fortitudo. No way. It's because Italians of like their b-ball. Yeah. <sighs> this is mind-blowing i had no idea i I really thought they like wove baskets there or something (laughs) no i know that's (laughs) definitely what i would have assumed as well yeah italian basketball teams cool what's are you doing pretty well so far are you ready for the next one i'm ready all right number four during the napoleonic (laughs) era always a good start huh the university of bologna headquarters was moved to its current location on which street a Via Salami. B. Via Zamboni. C. Via Porcini. Or D. Via Maria Menunos. (laughs) Oh, gosh. These are great. (laughs) Zamboni. Wait, what was was the first one? Uh, Via Salami would be A. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the rest? (laughs) Can you repeat them all? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. A. Via Salami. B. Via Zamboni, C, via Porcini, or D, via Maria Menounos. Wait, she's like Hispanic, I think. Could be. I didn't. I only choose chose it because it was fun to say. I'm <laughs> not implying any sort of Italian heritage to her. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, I'm gonna go with Porcini. You are incorrect. It's via Zamboni. No. Yep. <laughs> That was That's the little amazing. germ that caused me to choose a bunch of other ones that sounded funny because Via Zamboni sounds funny, frankly, to our Western Oh, ears. my gosh. Yeah, that is great. Does, what does yeah. Zamboni actually mean in no idea. Italian? All I know it okay. is as the, the big ice truck. The big ice truck, yeah. Squish big the ice, ice, right? Cleaner truck. Yeah. Yeah. What a fun word. Zamboni, porchetta. Zamboni. Maria Menounos. <laughs> Maria Menounos. I think it's a... Spanish name, whatever. You might be right. I have no idea. <laughs> or Greek. I don't know. Menounos? I have no idea. Oh, hmm. yeah. Again, we are not 
creating this podcast to share our knowledge with you, mom. We're creating more questions than we are answers for sure. That's what a good podcast should do. Number five, (laughs) which or whom, I did not know how to phrase this, which of the following did not attend the University of Bologna as a student? A, Leonardo da Vinci. B, Dante Alighieri. Yes, that Dante. Uh, C, Nikolai Copernicus, formulator of the heliocentric model of the universe. D, Guglielmo Marconi, who like, you know, basically invented the radio. I don't know, invented some essential aspect of it. Or E, Enzo Ferrari, founder of Ferrari. Oh my gosh, this is No joke answer in this one. It's just hard. (laughs) It's just (laughs) brutal. Just hard. I'm going to ask you to repeat them again, and I do not apologize this time. Leonardo da Vinci, Dante mm-hmm. Alighieri, Nicolai Copernicus, who I, I don't even know if he's Italian or not, Guglielmo <laughs> Marconi, Enzo Ferrari. I'm going to say Dante. I don't know why. Mm. Incorrect. It was actually Incorrect. Leonardo da Vinci. No way. Yeah. He didn't even go to school, huh? He was just like a freaking genius. Yeah. He right received a basic and informal education, according to Wikipedia. Possibly because he was such a good artist. Yeah. All those other fools went to one university. Isn't that crazy? This university yeah. is like a thousand years old. Wow. So Dante went to the same university as Ferrari. Yeah. Maker the of the car. The car guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Man. What a wild Pretty history. Cool shit, man. Bologna honestly sounds super radical. From doing just a little bit of uh, research for this quiz, I would highly recommend you go to Bologna. I was gonna say we should definitely like make a trip there. Let's keep our eye on like Scott's cheap flights or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number six, the final one, <laughs> and it's about nutmeg. Mm. Nutmeg, when ingested in large quantities, produces a psychedelic psychedelic <laughs> high <laughs> due to the presence of a chemical called myristicin, which acts similarly to the mescaline found in peyote. Cool. However. That high is accompanied by some undesirable side effects. Which of the following is not a possible side effect of narfing the nut? (laughs) That's not a phrase that I coined myself, (laughs) but it might catch on. How many things of nutmeg would I have to eat anyway? Okay, sidetracked. No, I can't answer that. From my very, very thin research on the subject, it seems that as little as two full teaspoons has caused like some reactions in people. But for the most part, I think you're eating, you know, like tablespoons, like yeah. a lot of this goddamn stuff, which just sounds awful. <laughs> okay. That's, so yeah. which of these is not a possible side effect mm-hmm. of narfing the nut? A, <laughs> delirium. B, dizziness. <laughs> C, amnesia. D, dry mouth. E, seizure. F, miscarriage. G, difficulty urinating. Or H, fun. All right. Well, the fun sounds a little subjective, but what what was one of them? Trouble urinating? Yeah. Difficulty urinating. Difficulty urinating. I don't know. I'm going to go with that, I guess. Sorry. This is kind of a poorly constructed gag answer. The answer is fun because (laughs) (laughs) everything I read about it made it sound like just an awful, awful experience. Every single one of those are side effects, including miscarriage, apparently high- volumes of nutmeg used to be used as like an abort 
there's some word for like a thing you use to induce abortions. But oh, anyway, wow. that's one of them. Okay. So there's really yeah, no good side effects, it sounds like. Yeah. There must not... be some. Yeah. I guess but, if I you mean, hallucinate something good, but. Yeah, it does cause hallucinations, hmm. you know, and like mild, not, maybe not mild, maybe intense. I don't know, psychedelic effects. But like, yeah, it's mostly teenagers that don't have access to better drugs doing this, you know? Right. <laughs> like, there's not I can't imagine trying to, like, community. morph down a bunch of nutmegs and then... I know. <laughs> and then just having trouble urinate for <laughs> urinating for a few yeah, days. Yeah, just having a dry mouth, and you can't pee, and you're dizzy and delirious. <laughs> um, Whatever, at least final... I escaped this reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One okay. final element of the quiz is a fun fact. Uh, famous nutmeg users include Malcolm X and French seer Nostradamus, who purportedly generated his famous visions by ingesting large amounts of the Meg. Really? Yeah. Meg. Man, the internet's full of great information, Karen. Oh it's really gosh. wonderful. It really is. That was a fantastic Tony's Quiz Corner. Thank you so I, much. I couldn't decide how many should be very obvious joke answers, but I think I got an okay ratio for this first time. Yeah. Also, I don't know. My brain's not really working today, so that just all felt like... It all felt very real and well-researched. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Well, you'll get into the groove the more we do these. Yeah. And I hope okay. you enjoyed it at home, Mom. <laughs> We're looking forward to your feedback, Mom. Yeah. All positive, raving about how great we are. Feedback. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was going to surprise you with a real quick, uh, not a Karen's quiz corner, but maybe just like a real mm. quick questionnaire for Tony specifically. Let's do it. I love it. All right. Which has to do with celery. Oh, <laughs> your okay. favorite. You're very Touché. much favorite. Okay. If you could like flip a switch, push a button, snap your fingers and celery, all forms of celery are just like eradicated from the world. Nobody would ever know that it was you. Would you choose to do it? <laughs> No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Um, I might do that for wasabi Ooh. because I really, really hate the taste of wasabi. And there are times when it just shows up in sushi and you just don't expect it, you know? Yeah. They'll they'll throw a little bit in there between the rice and the fish and nigiri and you just kind of have to live with that threat. But celery doesn't yeah. usually like – it's not as big of – of an issue because I can usually see it. And again, I don't mind when it's just like really buried in a, in a flavor profile. Yeah. And it can be more subtle, I guess it's not as like overpowering. Okay. Because funny enough, this was going to be my follow-up questionnaire. <laughs> There's only two questions on this <laughs> questionnaire. If you had to like, if everything that you ate for an entire year had to be covered either in celery flavored sauce or horseradish flavored sauce and let's 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 think for a second that like they're both the same like strength of flavor right okay. like super celery flavored or super horseradish flavored on everything you ate like breakfast cereal ice cream oh karen why are you doing this to me it's a funny you say terrible things please answer the question I can't leave it alone with either. Um, God damn it. 
horseradish has spice. That's mm-hmm. something. I don't hate, like that component of it, I don't hate. Mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of do because I hate the way the spice is spicy in horseradish, you know? It spices a full right up through your nostrils. Body. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I'm, I gotta go with celery. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I could see celery going with like more flavors. Like, it, yeah. maybe it wouldn't Even be as strongest. offensive. I'm more thinking. I yeah. think celery is not as bad as horseradish to me. All right. Well, I'm going to whip up a horseradish. Maybe you could. Mm. I'm going to mm. whip up a mm. big old batch of celery sauce. So what does that ready. mean? That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Uh, That's fun. Well, you got two out of two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, plugs. You got anything to plug? No, this is the only thing I don't I'm know, doing. They do that on podcasts. Yeah, no, me too. I have absolutely nothing. I know. We're not public figures. We don't have things going on. What else? How do you end one of these, one might ask? I don't know. We didn't okay. get that far. No. A bolognese. Ooh. Bienvenuto, Damiangolo. Bienvenuto, bolognese. <laughs> Welcome. Bobby Baccalari. Ow! Oh my god, it took me so long to remember the word for bye in Italian. That's going to have to be the sign-off. This was fun! Okay, fingers crossed that we can download it. I'm going to stop recording.